Sometimes I whine about dinner because I don't like what we're having. Welcome to episode 12 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, Angela and Kristen discuss the steps to recognize, address, and eventually stop whining. They break down strategies you can implement to curb this unwelcome behavior and offer tips to support your child in getting their needs met. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, or behavioral challenges. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello and welcome to our 12th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. Hi, Angie. Hey, how are you? I'm good. So I wanted to tell you before we dive into our episode today, I want to give you a little success story with my little guy. Oh, good. Yeah. So our last episode, I briefly mentioned that Parker was having a hard time with completing his work at school. And we talked a lot about avoidance behaviors. And I was like, oh, yes, this is me. This is my kid. So he was like falling on the floor and he was doing everything he could to get out of of his schoolwork at school. So he Mm -hmm. was like, I need water, you know, and then he's like, I need to, I need to stretch out and all sorts of stuff. (laughs) So of course I talked to his teacher about it and I was like, okay, I was like, I think we can get this under control. I think he's learning that he can get out of his schoolwork just by delaying it, you know, rolling on the floor and doing all of this silly stuff. So I talked to him about it and I was like, okay, what do you think if we do a little star chart for you and we have you earn three stars a day for completing your work? And at his school, they do, they call them lessons. So every time they complete something, they call it a lesson, it's called a lesson. And then they get like, you know, it's the number of lessons they complete of that day, whatever it might be. And so they usually do like six, but I was like, let's go for like three. (laughs) Let's just see if we can get three. So, so we wrote it out and I created this little chart for him. And then we also added in some bonus lessons. So it was like, if you, you have to get three done in order. And for him, he's, he loves TV time in the afternoon. So Mm -hmm. I was like, if you get three done, you get your show after school. And if you get any more than three, we'll add those up. And if you get to a total of five for the whole week, then you can earn something. And I told him, what do you want to earn? And it was, uh, he chose Pez. He loves Pez candy (laughs) or race car, (laughs) the hot wheel car. So long story short, we created this. I sent it to his teacher. She was super on board. She was like, I love it. I've been thinking about doing that too. And we started it. It's been three weeks now and it has gone so well. Like wow, he, awesome. yeah, I know. So the first day I said, okay, remember buddy, you have to get three stars in order to get your TV time today. And he goes, I'm going to get four. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, all right. Awesome. So it, it's been going really well, but I, I have a couple uh, takeaways for that. And I think this would be really helpful for our listeners. So um, one of them is we always talk about like you and I, and with our parents we consult with, we always talk about how to follow through and consistency is key. And sometimes it's so much easier to say that. So we'll say like, Hey, try this strategy and be Mm -hmm. consistent. But I had a firsthand experience of 
it's so easy. It's so much easier to be inconsistent. <laughs> so after like two weeks, I was like, well, this is going really well. Uh, you know, I guess I don't need to use the chart. Like it'd be easier just to not, but then I have to remind myself like, no, <laughs> keep this chart going. Cause this is obviously what's effective. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's easy to kind of fall off. It is. And it was nice. Cause I had the firsthand experience of that. Like, Oh, it's so easy just to, to fall off track here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's gone really well. And, and he said to me, it was just a few days ago. He was like, I like going to school now. So I was like, Oh, yay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a huge success. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And for anyone who might be having some challenges with their little one completing their work, you could try something like that. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Good. Thanks no. for sharing that. Well, that's a good segue too, just into another very common behavior that we see a lot of for kids and our topic for today, which is whining. So we're going to oh, go yeah. into that. <laughs> and not only are we going to talk about whining, we're going to kind of put our thinking caps on, kind of think about the way that we view whining, right? It's, it is a kind of quote unquote, quote unquote, normal thing, right? It's a thing mm-hmm. that a lot of kids do, but what is it really? And why does it happen? And what are we going to do about it? So those are some of the things we're going to go over today. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a good one. I was just thinking about, um, as we know, it's pretty typical for kids to whine, but I was thinking if this wasn't a behavior that we ever worked on, like what it would be like if we were adults just whining throughout the day. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go to work today. <laughs> like, I don't want to do whine. another Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and and I th- actually, that might be a great thing to, when you're talking about it with your kids, <laughs> to say like, mm-hmm. what if I whined all day long? You know, this is what you sound like. What if mommy <laughs> whined every time she had to pack your lunch? <laughs> I have I've done that before. And they, <laughs> they just giggle. <laughs> They're like, uh, mom, you're too old for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Funny. Well, so let's do it. I think we're going to get into some tips just like we have in really most of our past podcasts, throw in some good tips mm-hmm. and, and we'll just dive into that first one. So tip number one for whining, let's name it right before we can name it or before we can tame it, we got to name it. Right. So what is whining? Let's call it out and let's think about what occasions this behavior, what triggers that behavior. So mm-hmm. naming it, I think it helps. And Kristen, you just finished writing a tip sheet about this. And yes. this is one of the big things you started with. Mm-hmm. Talking to our kids about what is whining? What does it look like? And maybe even modeling it a little bit, which you can get kind of fun yeah. with, right? And then calling it out. So when you're hearing whining or when you're seeing it, you can say, oh, I think that's that's whining. Or what do you think? Does that sound like whining to you? So really helping to bring some awareness to it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, thinking about what might trigger those behaviors. We've talked a lot about triggers and antecedents and setting events, right? So what are some things that happen right before the whining starts. And then also setting events as we've discussed in the past. So is your child maybe more likely to whine if they're hungry or if they're tired? So what are some of those factors that might contribute? So those are some of the things that we wanna do first when we are examining this behavior and trying to come up with a plan of how to address it. 
Yeah, that one is so important. I think we talk a lot about this, but just calling it out for what it is, is really important. And I, I talk with parents about this. So if we said any, any example really like, oh, don't do that. And, but we don't really explain what that is. Mm-hmm. Your kid mm-hmm. might not have any idea. So if you say, stop whining, they're like, well, what is whining? And yeah. Like, what is that word? I don't understand. Oh, what is whining? <laughs> exactly. um, so equally important, once you call it out, Tip two, we really want to tie some rules to it. So if we say, all right, this is whining, we're not going to engage in this behavior um, and really writing it out and saying, this isn't acceptable. We'll talk about in a little bit, like, well, what can they do instead? Yeah. Um, we'll get to that. But but really helping your children understand the rule. I'm big on writing out the rules. So if you want to mm-hmm. have a, a visual support in some way, yeah. a, a picture that they can see, or even just writing out some of the alternatives. So we'll talk more about that. But what could they say or what could they do instead when they're whining, but really making a rule for this behavior. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Mine doesn't get you what you want. Right. So, exactly. Really clearly. That's yes. Great. So going into our third tip, we're kind of just whizzing right through. These. I know. <laughs> Providing a warning. So it might be something like, hey, you're, you're whining right now. Let's, let's use our words or helping them to recognize that they are whining and kind of giving them a chance to correct, right? So, yeah. yeah. So to jump in there, I was actually reading something yesterday and I really liked the terminology that they were using. And it was uh, talking about using your strong voice. And I thought that was Mm. really cool. And I I think, of course, depending on the age, some older kids might be like, what? You know, (laughs) but for even our younger ones, like, can you use your strong voice for that? You know, tell me what you need. Tell me what's important right now. Um, And to give them some sort of differentiator um, Mm -hmm. of of those voices. I like that. So strong Mm -hmm. voice, It sounds like to me, it's not having a forceful voice, but in this case, they're talking about instead of a kind of a weak, uh, whiny type voice, you're clear, you're being more kind of deliberate in your, what you need essentially. Exactly. Like Like taking control a little bit more over, this is a problem. I can solve it. How can I do that? And and really focusing on that. I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, I like that. Use your strong mm-hmm. voice. Okay, that's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So, given a warning, and we'll talk more about this later. But paired with this is you're you're taking control, right? You're saying, hey, this is what's going on. Let's try to. Well, we're going to go into some of this, the replacements in a minute. But you're whining. Just just wanted to call that out and not to give in. Mm-hmm. At that time, that's, that's definitely <laughs> on our end. Yeah, we want to try to stay strong and not give in. I I have a story to tell at the end too, just for the Real Talks with Real Moms segment. Uh, this is hard for me with my kids, but uh, yeah, all we can do is our best. <laughs> I know, I know. That one is so important. And I think we talk a lot about that. And it's probably a common theme through half of our podcasts. But, um, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I just, all right, just have the cookie, you know, just to stop the whining. But it's like, what do we say? Short-term gain or yeah, long-term pain. <laughs> yeah, short-term pain for a long-term gain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, if I give in now, it'll be so great. I'll be so happy. But then later, your child is learning, of course. Like, yes. all right, that got me what I needed. So Absolutely. so try, try not to give in as hard as it is. Try really hard. 
Um, I think that's actually, I'll, I'll just interject and say, yeah, that's one of the advantages of looking at your kid's behavior and thinking about it at nighttime. You know how we talk mm -hmm. about that quite a bit. When you're trying to address behavior, it's always good to kind of zoom out and think about it when they're asleep, when things are calm. And it does help you to stay more consistent when you can plan it out mm -hmm. and kind of examine what happened during the day. Oh, yes, I probably gave in at that time. Or, hey, I was pretty proud of myself. I really stayed firm at this time. So taking a time during a quiet part of the day to really think about it does help you stay consistent for the next time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, that really leads into the next one. So tip four, I think this is really important is to be mindful of your own behavior in the moment. So our kids are whining again, of course, we don't want to give in, but also they're paying attention to how you are acting. So if you're getting real frazzled and like, ah, you know, you're kind of losing it a bit. Well, they, mm -hmm. they can see that <laughs> they, they notice. Um, yeah. so really paying attention to how are you reacting when they're they're just constantly asking for that over and over again. Um, I have a good example of a parent I was talking with and um, she was telling me about her, her son was in the car and he, he had, they had to leave the playground and um, mm -hmm. he in the car was like, I want five more minutes. Come on, mom, five more minutes, five more minutes. And he just was relentless. Like he would not give up. And she was just like, I, I, I just, I eventually just had to pull over and just be like, I need you to stop. Like, I just can't drive. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, I, and so I just felt for her because I was like, you know, kids, they, they'll keep going. But I told her, I was like, you know, next time let's just give them one warning and say, I've already answered you. Maybe you can ask nicely to go play at the playground again tomorrow, but mm -hmm. that's it. You know? So I hear you, I see you're disappointed, but maybe we can go again tomorrow and kind of shutting it down as, as, you know, as easily as you can. Um, yeah. but yeah. this was just last week and I was thinking, boy, that's super relevant to our podcast coming up. Um, so yeah. So I think being mindful of your own behavior and the other part that I was thinking of with this tip is when Angie and I were prepping for this and we were talking about some of the challenges that we get with our parents, I was thinking whining, hmm, like, I don't, really hear that. I don't, that doesn't happen in my house. And, and I was just thinking, okay, yeah, I guess I don't really get that much because my kids are younger. And that was like, what, a month ago, probably. And, <laughs> and then since then, I think every single day I've been like, why are you whining? What are you whining about? What's going on? Like in my head thinking my kids whine constantly. So I don't know if I've just now recognized that they're actually whining and I just never noticed it before or like all of a sudden they're whining. I don't know which one, but it's definitely <laughs> occurring in our home as well. <laughs> it's well, it's interesting because it, and it ties back to the example you gave of the mom driving in the mm -hmm. car. It's, you you're starting to be mindful of it. Yes. It's this behavior that you're really zeroing in on. And mm -hmm. yeah, so it, it's hard to know if your kids are older now and they're kind of just starting to develop the new things that a lot of kids their age start to develop around that time. Or if, yeah, if you didn't think of it differently or, mm -hmm. you, you know, if you thought of it differently before. But yeah, I really like the example actually that you gave of the mom pulling over. I, mm -hmm. I feel the same. I do feel very frazzled and I feel my own emotions starting to bubble over when my kids right. are whining and just living in Los Angeles. I, I know 
sometimes they'll start whining. And when I'm trying to navigate traffic in LA, it's stressful enough and it's hard to pay attention. And I, sometimes I feel like I'm going to just burst, you know? So pulling over is actually a really, really good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes parents don't realize that they are in this loop, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they, they're starting to have these emotional reactions and their kids are, and they just, they get into this loop. And I think sometimes it's subconscious also, they, uh, the kids are whining and the kids are, or the parents are maybe giving in and they don't even see it anymore. So yep. it's uh, this, again, another good reason to kind of pause, really name this behavior, think about it at nighttime and and survey the day to see if you can be more aware of what's actually going on in the house. Yeah. And along with that, kind of going back to tip one of naming it and calling it out. I think sometimes for certain kids, we really need to set that expectation ahead of time. So for instance, the car example, we could say ahead of time, you know, Mm -hmm. way before talk about the playground. And then if you continue to ask me about the playground, I'm only going to respond one time Mm -hmm. and I'll give you the rationale again. I'm okay to do that, but we're not going to keep going with this back and forth. So, you Mm -hmm. know, again, really setting it up and that will help uh, the parent, you know, really stick to whatever those expectations are and also feel better about it. Like I'm not just ignoring my kid, but I've already said to you, I'm only going to respond once. And so we can get out of that loop. So that back and forth. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's great. That proactive approach. It reminds me of our example. I think it might have been in the last podcast about tantrums when we're talking Mm. about proactively coming up with a plan before you get into the grocery store. Yes. Yep, exactly. If you don't throw a tantrum, maybe you can buy something. You stay calm. You can buy your pack of gum or something from the checkout. But if you do have a tantrum, then no way, Jose. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's again that that concept of proactively planning it ahead of time can really apply to and generalize to a lot of different behaviors. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So going into tip number five, we've alluded to this throughout Mm -hmm. the the last uh, little bit or so, but now we're going to go full force into it. So building replacement behaviors, this is no surprise. I'm sure if you listen to our podcast, (laughs) we talk quite a bit about this. We can't just reduce behaviors and expect them to just go away. We have to have some replacements. Kids needs to kids still need to get their needs met, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some replacement behaviors that we can build in for whining? And also, by the way, how can we help our kids deal with some upset feelings? They may be whining because they are upset. It might right. not just be because they want something. So we can focus on some of the triggers We talk about this quite a bit. What are those patterns? What are the things that are preceding the whining? So focusing on those triggers. If your child is whining because they want something, could we encourage them to use their words instead? Mm -hmm. Could we use active listening? So sounds like you're you're really upset about the fact that you can't get these Barbie clothes on. (laughs) That's a big one in our house. (laughs) I just had to throw that out there. (laughs) Oh, funny. (laughs) Yeah. So you're actively listening. You know, it sounds like you're saying this, gosh, you're really frustrated about that. Um, Accepting no or or learning to wait. Those are really important ones that we can teach. Mm -hmm. Redirecting to coping skills. I think you had brought this one up, Kristen. This is a good one. So whatever your child can do or whatever they like to do, to reduce the stress or the upset might be a good time to start thinking about that and redirecting. So maybe it's coloring, maybe it's reading, 
dancing, playing. That's important to, to focus on that and help them to be redirected and help them choose a more appropriate activity. Uh, mm -hmm. Even problem solving. Um, to find an alternative activity together, perhaps, you know, oh gosh, it sounds like you're upset. Let's think of something else that we can do instead. So yeah, really focusing on those triggers. What's really causing the whining? What can we do and how can we help lead our kids into choosing a, a better replacement to that whining? Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the teaching other skills because a couple that are really important. And as, as you mentioned, I was working on a tip sheet for, for us, for, for parents, but accepting no <laughs> and learning to wait. I think those are two common things that I discuss with families and coming up with strategies to teach their kids that, but really maybe focusing on those skills. So outside of the whining, um, saying, okay, today we are going to practice accepting no and, and really having some, some time that you're practicing those behaviors. Because mm -hmm. if we can get those under control and if those are the ones that are contributing to the whining, then we'll definitely see a, a decrease in whining as well. So that one's really important. Yeah, I like that you brought that up, actually. I think accepting no and learning to wait, it's important that we kind of extract that out and teach that at a separate mm -hmm. time because that is such an, an important and valuable skill. Accepting no, for example, how would we teach that? It might be, you know, something as simple as us saying no to a very – kind of neutral situation and and then maybe modeling for them and giving them the script of what to say. Um, okay, or oh, fine, or whatever you want to use as an appropriate response instead of whining, and then giving them lots and lots of praise. I just for have to pause for a second when you said fine, because it's so it made me think of my own daughter. She I don't know where she came up with this because I didn't teach her that. <laughs> but when I say no that she can't have something, she goes, ah, oh, fine. And then just like runs off. And she's only two. So I don't know where it came from, but it's very appropriate. I mean, and you know, she's discouraged and she couldn't get what she wanted. And she's kind of like, oh fine. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of goes along her little way. So I'd it's say funny that you gave that as an example. <laughs> yeah. I'd say that's more appropriate than whining. Yes. Yeah, it's up to, I will take that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's up to the parent to, to decide. Right. Um, right. Some so might say it's a little sassy, but <laughs> yeah. I'll take it over the tantrum any day. <laughs> I guess you got to pick your battles sometimes. Right. right. And learning to wait, same sort of thing mm -hmm. too. Um, we could use um, a we could get pretty objective and just use a, a couple seconds. So you're saying, okay, well, we need to wait before you can have this piece of candy or something. Mm -hmm. And we can count out loud. We're going to wait to five. One, two, three, four, five. Hey, great waiting. Awesome. Here you go. And you that's literally the foundational place where you begin teaching whining. Just or excuse me, teaching, <laughs> teaching whining. <laughs> teaching how to wait. So starting there. But yeah, I love how you brought that up, I do think it's important to single that out and, and talk about the importance of teaching some of those skills kind of, you know, proactively so that they can better access those replacement behaviors. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. 
Um, yeah, that's good. So definitely focusing on those. And then tip six. So we want to, and for a lot of kids, they still require some sort of reinforcement for this behavior, or in this case, absence of that behavior or mm-hmm. using a replacement behavior. So for some kids, we can just use positive praise. Like some of the examples Angie mentioned, so like, oh, great job, you know, using your words or great job, and in this case, you know, you could even say great job accepting. No, they didn't whine. They accepted. No, uh, whatever it might be, just giving them praise, behavior specific praise. Uh, and then other kids like my children, they need some sort of reward system. So there needs to be, cause they're little, so they need a tangible or, or some sort of star chart or a point system. So mm-hmm. coming up with something that works for your child, but every time that they are able to either cope, so they're not whining and they're using those coping skills, or they're able to use their words or correct themselves and kind of use their words instead of that whining, we want to provide some sort of reward or some sort of praise for that. Yeah, that's great. It's something that doesn't have to last forever, mm-hmm, as, as we talk quite a bit about starting and front-loading a lot of that praise and reinforcement, mm-hmm. and then you can fade it out over time. But uh, that is, I think that's really one of the most important takeaways, honestly, of this whole thing is really reinforcing the not whining. Right. <laughs> the mm-hmm. whining. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about that so much, like reinforce or praise the behaviors you want to see continue and, and try not to pay so much attention to those other behaviors that we don't want to give those them any ammo. We want to, we want to praise. What do we want to see? I want to see you cope. Okay. Well, I'm going to praise that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So tip number seven, kind of ending our, our tip section, be consistent. This is very hard. I acknowledge, I'm sure Kristen, you probably acknowledge too, it is hard. But again, I really do think that when you are taking a proactive approach and you are taking time at night when it's quiet to think this through, maybe write yourself a note as a reminder, it does make a big difference. And it is easier to stay consistent if if it's at the forefront of your mind. So Kristen, I know you told us earlier having a visual. Maybe Mm -hmm. your kids are younger, you've got a a whining and then there's a red hash mark through it Mm -hmm. or something like that. And it's on the refrigerator. That's great. Not only for the kids, but also for us. So having things to remind ourselves to stay consistent is really, really important. Um, I can't stress that enough. Having visuals, (laughs) having prompts, even an alarm on your phone that goes off periodically and reminding you, hey, are you staying consistent with the no whining? Or I'm just thinking too on the fly. I just thought of something for myself. Um, whining is most rampant in our house in the morning with that asynchronous work, which mm-hmm. I'll talk about in a minute. Um, <laughs> and I'm thinking I can even put an alarm for myself to kind of go off and remind myself, okay, you're going into this extra whiny <laughs> period. Remember to stay consistent. Remember what your personal goals are. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. But if you give in at certain points, with the whining and then other times you kind of stick to the plan that sends a confusing message to your kids and you're actually even strengthening that behavior even more. So when mm-hmm. you intermittently reinforce a certain behavior, uh, they're going to keep on trying and trying and it's that slot machine effect we talk about all the time. So try the best you can to, to be consistent. It's not easy, but it's very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's good. It, it's great that you mentioned 
the thinking about when this is more most likely to occur, because I feel like sometimes that's helpful for parents to think, like you said, okay, I'm going to dinner time. Like this is mm-hmm. when this really, really happens. So I got to put on my cape, <laughs> my magic cape for dinner. Um, you know, that tells me I got this and here, you know, kind of prepping yourself for that moment because you know, okay, this is when it normally gets really tough. So I think standing strong is, <laughs> it might be really helpful. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. So we flew through those tips pretty short and sweet today, but I think that outlining it is really helpful and, and hopefully giving families some strategies there to reduce some of the whining. Um, so I know Angie, you alluded to some good stuff that you had to talk about today. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if you go first. <laughs> real talk with real moms. Good talk. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I in diving into doing research about whining, I I really do think so much of, so much of this is equally on the part of the kids as it is the parents. And we can come up with teaching replacement skills and giving positive reinforcement to our kids and all these things. But honestly, I think half of it is behavior change on the adult learner. And I'm putting Mm -hmm. myself in that bucket as well. Um, And I've been doing a lot of kind of thinking about this for myself and ways. And so that's why that some tips in terms of prompting yourself kind of came up because I am Mm -hmm. really trying to think of ways to help myself be more consistent. So whining, whining has in our home, and we talked about this last time too, we've gone from, we're not really seeing much in the way of tantrum so much anymore. My kids are getting a little bit older and now it's just a lot of whining. This is the thing that my husband and I, talk about in the evenings and just really rack our brains for, okay, what do we do wrong? What's going on right now? This one's really acting up and being more uh, whiny. And then next week it's the other one. So as a reminder, my kids are seven and a half and, and five and a half. We're seeing whining occur most likely in the mornings because if you recall our kids for the pandemic, our kids are going to school in the afternoon for two and a half hours. And then Mm -hmm. to replace that instruction that they're missing or just general schoolwork that they're not getting, we have to do several asynchronous activities in the morning. Mm, Obviously, I'm a kindergartner. We don't have too much going on. But my second grader has a significant amount of work. She usually has at least five or six assignments. And some of them are not too intense. She usually can fly through the math ones. The, the reading and the spelling and the writing ones are usually a little bit harder for her. But um, yeah, that – and it just literally happened in the last hour. Mom, I can't do it. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and, I'm re- and, I, and I know what I'm doing and I can see it happening. I, I've kind of created this situation and I've realized that I have more bandwidth and more energy – at at different parts of the day. Mm -hmm. In the mornings, when I'm about ready to jump on a webinar, jump on a podcast, or Mm -hmm. get into a conference call, and I have finite amount of time, I am much more likely to cave and give in to that whining. Mm -hmm. I think because I only have a certain amount of hours before they have to go to school and they have to get that stuff done. And I'm conscientious too. I want my my kids to do well. I want them to get their work. And so of course, I'm going to rush to help them Uh, edit stuff. And it's important to me that they're getting it done and doing Mm -hmm. well. So I think, 
I think they know that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they know that I'm going to just, okay, what? You know, okay, fine. Right, I'm right. coming where I am. What do you need? So I'm working through that with myself. I'm, I'm trying to give myself a, a pep talk in the morning. Also with my husband and I, we're trying to really look at our schedules and figure out when do we have time to dedicate and be our most uh, kind of patient selves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then carving out a little part later in the day where, okay, if you're whining, we're not going to come to you right now, but we'll get stuff done at this other period of the day. You know, mm-hmm. so we're, we're just trying to really work with the schedule. But again, during this pandemic, it's so many things are going out the window. We're just trying to do the best we can. And, and this is our tough, tough position we're in right now with the whining and just the finite amount of time to get stuff done. It's, I found it very hard. So yeah. Yeah. I think you've clearly outlined like one of the biggest challenges for families over the last just year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that catch 22, you know, it's like, okay, I really want my child to do well with their schoolwork. Therefore I do maybe need to do, give a little bit more support and maybe give in to some of that whining or whatever that behavior might look like. Um, Mm -hmm. but then I'm not able to also teach coping and problem solving and you try it first and then I'll help you, you know, all of those other things, because you're like, I've got to get in there. I need to help because I have five seconds left and then I have to jump on this conference call. So I think it's that constant struggle that, you know, and that's why you had mentioned before, you just have to do the best you can. You can't be perfect every time, but I think coming up with a system and I like your idea of like, okay, how can I, how can we support our kids, but also still work and make sure that we're still dedicating enough time to them and their learning. And, oh mm-hmm. man, oh, it's yeah. I'm sure that is so tough. Yeah, it is. I mean, so the, to kind of, I guess, cap this off, I, I yeah, I, I really have been pondering this quite a bit and I do think that it comes down to using some of those executive functioning skills on our behalf, looking at the day, figuring Mm -hmm. out when you have the bandwidth, proactively telling our kids, if you're going to be whining, I'm not going to be able to help you. We're going to have to wait until later in the morning when you're calm. Yeah. And um, and again, helping to redirect them to use those replacement -hmm. uh, replacement behaviors, right? So those are some of the things that we are really trying to work on. It's not perfect. I'm here to say it's, <laughs> I'm a behavior analyst and I'm still struggling a little bit with this too. So it's a, hopefully it's a message that, you know, it's it's not going to be perfect, but certainly there are things you can do to mitigate these things and, and smooth it over and make it a little bit better. Uh, the pandemic pandemic's just thrown a wrench in mm-hmm. so many things right now. But uh, yeah, we are, we're just trying to do the best we can and try to remember those strategies um, and employ them uh, when you, when you're able to. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important that you mentioned too, that a lot of this does fall on the parent changing our own behavior, which is pretty tricky to do sometimes. And we talked a lot about this, like it's just so easy to react (laughs) sometimes. So I was thinking over this last week and this just happened yesterday. So this is this is um, something I definitely wanted to mention today. And it's, it's, it goes with whining. It's a little bit different, but my daughter's two and a half. She'll be three in April and she is going through, it's not so much a tantrum now. She's kind of getting out of the tantrums, but Mm -hmm. it's what I would call an overreaction. I have no other word for it other than that. And I'll just describe (laughs) it to you. So 
a good example is this just happened yesterday. She, um, my daughter is super independent. She wants to do everything herself. So Mm -hmm. even if I said like, you know, if she says, Oh, can I get something? And I say, Oh yeah, yeah. Let me go ahead and get you a bowl. I want to do it. And that's what we get about 10 (laughs) times a day. And it's loud and she screams it. And then if she doesn't beat you to the punch, she falls on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like my husband and I are looking at each other like, oh man, <laughs> like this is intense. And it happens just constantly. And she gets over it very quickly, but it's mm-hmm. just like that. Like, for instance, if we say, hey, let's go upstairs and take a bath. And if if my son gets to the stairs before her, I want to be first, you know? Uh-huh. And then, oh, and it's just like with everything. So the reason I bring it up is because A lot of times, you know, I usually get in there and I do react and I kind of say like, can you say that calmer or well, sometimes we need to wait or, you know, depending on what the situation is, like I'll try to get in and give her an appropriate response, but it's so easy just to be like, you know, just to give this like outlandish reaction, like it's okay, you're going to be fine, you know? Um, So I will say like, I have, I always think I have a lot of patience and I just, I've realized even with, I think that's why I have her, um, because I'm kind of always like, yeah, I see that you really, you know, you wanted to be first, but you can't always be first, you know? And then she's like, okay. (laughs) So I think that I've been able to calm her, but I just, man, it happened yesterday again. And I was like, boy, this is, this is intense. (laughs) She's going up a notch. Yeah. You are definitely the most patient parent that I know. I am not, <laughs> I'm not in that same camp. <laughs> I try, but I, it's, it's hard to do. You know, I'm actually, I, I think I gave a little props to my husband last time too, but I, I, um, I think I'm wearing off on him a little bit. <laughs> and so he actually, I can't remember what it was that she was doing that she was trying to do on her own. Um, oh, I think she was, she wanted to put a bandaid on him. And so he said like something along the lines of, I hear that you want to do that, but you need to say that a different way. And I was like, oh, yes, perfect. (laughs) It's because she was like, I want to put it on you kind of thing. And he's like, you can put it on me, but you have to ask nicer. (laughs) So did she ask nicer? Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. So she's, she's so, the thing is, is she's really well behaved, but her go-to is this dramatic, which I think she's probably... Uh, you know, she's my kid. So her go-to is just like this dramatic response that we're like, you really don't have to get so worked up. (laughs) So gosh, yeah, but we'll get over that one. But again, probably, you know, to circle back, I think if my husband and I are both consistent with that, like when she says something instead of just go ahead and giving in like, okay, yeah, you can be first, go ahead, you know, which will shut that down real quick, but we're not teaching her anything. We've just reinforced it. And I've been noticing that over the last couple of weeks, like, huh, yeah, we kind of are reinforcing it a little bit by just being like, okay, yeah, yeah, you can do it. Go get your pants out. That's fine. And mm-hmm. instead of prompting her to ask another way. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just another example too, of how we can zero out and think about it. Think mm-hmm. about our behavior and how we're contributing yeah. to what might be going on. And then think about proactively, okay, how can I address this? Or how could I change my behavior next time mm-hmm. to help support my child with this behavior change goal that I've got? Right. 
Exactly. So, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we'll tackle that and then we'll be on to the next phase of parenting, yes. <laughs> which we talk about all the time. There's, There's no always something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our 12th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Thanks for joining us. So next month, we're going to take a break from podcasting to host a webinar on the basics of behavior. So you'll definitely want to join in on that one. And to join, you can go to go.rethinkfirst.com forward slash webinar. And then our next episode will be in April, and we're going to dive into sibling relationships. So So until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Benefits. Find out more about Rethink at RethinkBenefits.com where you can find past podcast episodes under the resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and discussion points for future episodes.